Hi, and welcome to Social Anxiety Solutions, your journey to social confidence. On this podcast, I interview leading experts each week to get solutions from both Western traditional psychology as well as Eastern energy psychology. Now, this week, we're going to do things a little bit differently because I was asked, hey, Sebastian, can you please share your story in detail on the podcast, how you overcame your social anxiety? Now, I've already done that before on a video, but that was part of it, and I've shared it in other places, and that was also part of it. So I'm going to try to elaborate a bit here, and for the people that have already heard it, I'll uh, you know put some hopefully uh, helpful lessons in there. So, uh, so here we go. So I um, I started to feel socially anxious around the age of eleven. Prior to that, uh, I had quite a troubled childhood where uh, my dad died when I was five and my mom was left behind with me and uh, my little sis who was one at the time and I was five at the time and she, uh, we, we already fought even before my, my dad died uh, but afterwards it got even worse and now I was seen as the problem child and uh, you know, my mom became uh, emotionally distant and then when my stepdad uh, came into the picture a year or two later like I hated this guy and he didn't like me at all either and so there were a lot of problems there and eventually I uh, was placed outside of the house I lived with my uncle for a year and um, up until this time I had never felt anxious you know I had all sorts of you know other challenges and stuff but I I, I had never felt anxious and then um, I think that was because uh, I was doing judo and I was the strongest kid in class. So typically people wouldn't mess with me. <laughs> um, then around age 11, as I was living with my uncle, I had a teacher that I really liked, Miss Chodila. And uh, I liked her to the point that I would actually go to her house to eat pancakes with her and her kids. And it was not because I could get along with her kids so well, but I could uh, get on with her really well. And um, so I was kind of the teacher's pet while at the same time still being kind of a, a, you know, not a hardcore bully, but kind of a, you know, I was teasing kids and stuff like that. And then one day um, I, was, uh, I was sitting in class and I was throwing, throwing her out pencils or, you know, pieces of papers, being obnoxious little kid that I was. And as I was sitting in the back of the class, uh, she caught me. And now I had to go sit next to her, next to her desk, so she could observe me. Now then, a little bit later, uh, we're going to watch some documentary or the news or whatever. We're going to watch something. And we had one of these old TVs that would roll in on this kind of you know, you know platform thing so that it's high up in the class and she rolled that in and then she went to the back of the class so she could observe everyone and I was sitting there right in front of the screen and then she yelled from the back of the class Sebastian move your big dumbo ears away from the television nobody can see anything it was a joke but it didn't come over for me as a joke like it was a shock I didn't see that coming from my favorite teacher at all and uh, I think she was kind of trying to teach me a lesson that I should be nice to people. But anyway, it was a shock. And, uh, you know, I became bright red and felt massively humiliated and embarrassed. And everyone was now laughing at me because, ha, it's Sebastian with his big mouth who's now being the one, uh, you know, kind of being made fun of. And 
af- since that moment afterwards, I kind of uh, I became afraid of looking embarrassed and or of being made fun of or having big ears. And that really started the the anxiety cycle. That traumatic experience, that initial experience for me, that's what really kicked things off. Is from that moment in time, um, it, I, I, it wasn't safe anymore to be completely myself because now there were things at risk because people could at any point point at my ears or say something about my ears and I knew that I was going to feel all those feelings I felt uh, uh, during the time that my teacher made fun of me and that blushing started to come up and that blushing really uh, it became a problem because it started to come up in different situations as well. Now, um, this all happened around 11 or 12. Then when I, I went to a different school, like a high school, and you know, I, I just had anxiety here and there. It wasn't, wasn't too big of a problem. Um, I then went, <laughs> when it comes to girls, I was fairly popular with girls and also comfortable with them, no problems there. But then uh, one friend of mine had sex, at 12, believe it or not, and uh, he was, let's just say, not fully grown, and the girl had been making fun of him for everyone, uh, you know, uh, with the whole school and all the friends, and I'm like, oh, hey, I don't want that to ever happen, so I'm just going to swear off girls until I'm 15 or 16, and I'm fully grown, and I've got all my pubes down there, and we're all good, and uh, the cool thing to do at the time, growing up in the Netherlands, was to do drugs, and I was very interested in that. And so I started, um, you know, smoking weed and taking ecstasy and a wide variety of drugs. And then when um, when I was about fifteen or sixteen, girls started to come back into the picture. A friend of mine got a girlfriend, and they were now having sex. And I was like, oh my God, I need to have sex. Otherwise, I lose my cool status, you know. Uh, I'm not going to be the guy anymore. And uh, that became a massive, massive pressure. Now, problem was that I was very needy and very insecure. And I couldn't talk to girls to save my life. Now, that all became very, very awkward and uncomfortable. And I started to feel more and more like a loser, Blushing would come up in more and more situations, and this kind of escalated. I uh, I couldn't find a girlfriend, and um, there was just a lot of insecurity around sex. And uh, you know, uh, and friends would be like, "Oh, Sebastian, do you have a girlfriend yet?" And if they would ask that, like, I would become bright red, and um, of course that made things worse and that made me even more anxious and um, anyway that that was a big problem and uh, I started to feel inferior to pretty much anyone who had any form of sex or girlfriend or close relationships and then I also started to worry about okay how am I seen by others and um, you know I couldn't really couldn't really relax and be myself without alcohol or getting stoned or anything like that and uh, I just had a really low self-esteem. I was very defensive and I could defend myself fairly well, um, especially when I was drinking, (laughs) but uh, 
at times were pretty miserable and pretty dark. I was doing a lot of drugs at the time, and that was that was kind of a, an escape. So on the weekends, we'd do drugs, and then during the weekdays, I was basically recovering from doing drugs, and then in the weekend, it would go on. It was, it was you know, uh, we would... We would take a lot of drugs, both on Friday and on uh, and on Saturday, mainly ecstasy and smoking weed and drinking. And uh, I really didn't think it was a problem. It was like, yeah, it's the normal thing to do. And you know, people that don't take drugs, they don't understand. They don't know how great it is, and blah blah blah. They don't know what they're missing out on. And I even, you know, when I was seventeen or eighteen, I was thinking, oh, I could probably just take drugs for the rest of my life uh, every weekend, and it wouldn't be a problem. Um, Luckily, I uh, changed my mind about that, but uh, <clears throat> that's a different story. Anyway, so um, I, when I was seventeen or eighteen, I've uh, yeah, around seventeen. Uh, I don't know the exact chronological perfect time of this. It kind of becomes a blur, but I think around seventeen, I fell in love with this girl, and then. Um, and we fooled around a little bit, and I thought, wow, if I could just make her my girlfriend, then all my problems will be gone, and uh, I'll be popular, and uh, you know, I'll feel good about myself. It's just this one thing. If I can get her to be my girlfriend, all my problems will be gone, and life will be fantastic. So I chased her like a love-lost puppy, really um, going for it with all I had. And I thought, you know, well, if she's not biting, I just, I just need to try harder. Maybe she doesn't understand um, my, my level of devotion or, or rather how much I, I, I'm willing to humiliate myself to actually uh, be her boyfriend. Um, after about a year, year and a half of desperately chasing her, I slept with her. That is, I slept in her bed and she slept on the other side of the bed in my last desperate attempt to have sex with her. She was actually so repelled by me that she slept on the other side of the bed, but she didn't want to send me home because I I was such a a friendly, nice guy. And then um, when I went home, uh, the bus ride the next day, being all hungover because I had brought a bottle of Cardi Lemon uh, around because that was my my smart Mac move to try to get her in bed and I got drunk Um, I was thinking to myself wow um, I'm such a loser I'm so pathetic I'll probably never have a girlfriend ever I'll probably never even have sex because I still was a virgin as well I think and um, I was I was actually hoping that I would already be a grandpa so that I could be nice and safe, so that I wouldn't be judged, so I wouldn't wake up with anxiety every day, and uh, that that life would finally be peaceful. And um, around this time, and a couple of years prior to this as well, I just felt really alone and disconnected, and I had really, really intense uh, negative depressive moods, and, uh, you know, I like anxiety wise it it basically when i would wake up i would start worrying about you know all the 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 things that i did in the past weekend or past weekends or how people uh were perceiving me and uh, you know running into certain people that have made fun of me before and how i would handle that and you know taking the bus to school or going to work or whatever i was doing at the time 
um, I would have this constant anxiety and constant worry and panic going on, never feeling, well, almost never feeling totally relaxed. And um, yeah, it was just a, a huge, massive problem. And I, I didn't even know that it was anxiety. You know, I had no idea what was going on with me. I just knew that, hey, life sucks. This is not good. It's not looking good. It's not looking great. I don't like it. Um, but, you know, I was just living it, becoming embarrassed all the time, uh, feeling humiliated. And, of course, the outside world doesn't even notice that much of it because I wanted to, you know, still uh, give off the idea that I was fine. I didn't want them to see me suffer, right? I, you know, I don't want any people's pity. I want them to think I'm fine and confident and everything's okay. And there were definitely moments, um, plenty of moments where, where I felt fine, usually when I was drinking. Um, but there were a lot of moments where it definitely wasn't fine. And that started to get worse. And um, eventually I found... Um, oh, yeah, I was working at uh, a police station in um it's like as a customer care representative and uh during that work i i got one of these spam emails or i, I don't know exactly how i got it but it was a a, a dating test like uh, how satisfied are you with your dating life uh multiple choice a you know not at all B, could be better. C, you know, it's fantastic beyond description, something like that. And I know that I even chose B, even though that was definitely not it, because I was like, wow, what if someone finds out that I have chosen A, you know, and I have to admit that my dating life sucks and I, you know, I haven't had sex or I'm a virgin or whatever the case was, I'm not exactly sure. And um, anyway, that led to a sales letter and in that sales letter, it was talking about, uh, you know, are you really uncomfortable around attractive women? I'm like, yes. You know, do you feel awkward in these kind of situations? Yes. Can you not get a date to save your life? Yes. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Buy this product. I'm like, okay, I got to have this product. And uh, the product was called uh, Double Your Dating. And I bought the book and I read it. And I thought, wow, that is brilliant, fantastic. I can now... Um, it, it kind of taught you that, um, you know, you can talk to girls, which was a whole new concept to me. You can talk to uh, strange girls, you know, um, and uh, there were different ways of starting conversations that were in there. I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. And uh, then it was like, um, oh, there, there's also my audio product that you can buy and, um, you know, then um, th that will go deeper into the matter. And I'm like, well, I'm nowhere close to actually walking up to a strange woman and starting a conversation, so I'll get that program. Well, I got that program, and in that program were ver various uh, psychological concepts being taught, one of them being that any problem you have is basically because of your perception, and your perception is formed by your beliefs. It's determined by your beliefs. So when you have beliefs like, I'm a loser, I'm not good enough, people are out to get me, women don't like me, and the world is a dangerous place, you uh, filter reality, you filter the world through these beliefs, 
through these beliefs you're looking at the world and you're also filtering the incoming information through these beliefs and these beliefs you learn somewhere you can unlearn them you can change them to more positive and supportive beliefs so you can um, change them to beliefs uh, such as you know I'm uh, more than good enough I'm great and, and unique exactly as I am people are nice and friendly the world is a friendly place women like me you know however it's, it's, it's not as easy as that however just understanding that concept that hey I have a problem and this is this is a problem that I can overcome that really changed everything for me and um, I, I also understood a, a certain concept either from that program or, or somewhere else which was um, a definite major purpose and constant improvement so when you make something your definite purpose is like well this is what I'm going for in life, regardless of whatever is going to happen. I'm not going to stop until I achieve this goal. Um, when, when you do that and you continuously improve, it's inevitable that you're going to get to that goal. So I made my goal. Well, Beckett, I've since changed it a bit, but Beckett, the time was it. I want to be able to talk to any girl anywhere, anytime, and be able to you know, get her number and have sex with her. You know, my, my goals were a little less evolved as they are today this is when i'm like 18 or 19 or 20 i'm not quite sure of the age but but around that time and um anyway after that i you know started to do all sorts of things to change these beliefs and get rid of my anxiety and he was talking about uh you know he gave us all sorts of um things to do to change your beliefs, things to do to face your fears, because the only way to really get there is to face your fears. At least that was what what was taught. What I now know, um, you know, you do indeed need to face your fears, but you don't need to forcefully face your fears. You can use energy psychology techniques to make it far simpler, and it's way more effective. Anyway, more about that in a bit. So I started um, facing my fears. And since a lot of it was circle well, was surrounding women, that that's where I started. So I can remember um, taking the bus with my buddy Nick and telling him, "Hey, you know, I'm going to walk over to girls, and I'm going to get twenty. Uh, I'm going to walk over to twenty girls and ask them, "Hey, um, can I ask you a question? Yes, are you single? Yes or no? And then get the number. All right, I was going to do this. Now I was beyond shit scared." I was totally, totally scared. But I had my friend there and I said I was going to do it. That kind of held me accountable. And uh, we took the bus to, uh, to a place about an hour's drive away from where I lived. Because, uh, you know, I knew that I was going to look like a dumbass. So I didn't want anyone to know about that. And still I was terrified that somehow, some way, people were going to find out that I was such a weird little creep that I was going to do this and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I did that. Uh, When I got off the bus, I immediately ran up to the first girl that I saw. You know, I'm like, immediately I faced my fear, then I can't chicken out anymore. And uh, I did that and actually got the girl's number. It was a very awkward conversation and I followed up and never heard anything back from it. But it it did happen. And then after that, continued to walk around for a couple of hours, uh, (laughs) trying to look for other women that uh, would be my my quote-unquote target. And uh, and did not walk up to any women after that. Well, um, didn't really do much for my confidence. 
Um, and then I, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I need to fly over one of these gurus to help me talk to women because maybe I just don't know how to do it. And I flew over one of these gurus who, uh, and I actually paid a lot of money for it, 1000 guilders. I'm not even sure if it was guilders or euros, but uh, quite a bit of money. He flew over and we started uh, talking to women. So he, by the way, even before I had, uh, you know, I, I, I send over the money, it was going to happen in a couple of weeks. Now I already felt like this massive fear in my throat and chest that this was going to come up. I was going to do this. Oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? And then uh, this continuously uh, continued to um, to build up all of the fear. Now when the guy finally was there, this was in Amsterdam, we went out and he's like, all right, um, walk over to that person, this dude, and just uh, ask for directions. I'm like, all right, so walk over, ask for directions, no problem. He's like, okay, now walk over to that dude and um, ask for directions and then afterwards introduce yourself. I'm like, what? Introduce myself? But I don't know this guy, he doesn't know. He's like, just do it. And I was so awkward about doing that. I'm like, that's weird and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I did it. I walk over, hey, do you know where the central station is? Like, yeah, it's over there. Okay. Like, um, yeah, my name is Sebastian. And I stick out my hand, right? And the guy's like, uh, okay, dude. And he <laughs> sticks out his hand. He's like, yeah, nice to meet you. All right, awkward. And now now we're off. And I'm back to my um, my instructor telling me how to, how to be social. And then we went off and um, on to the next thing, asking women, hey, who lies more, men or women? And then, um, very awkward, very uncomfortable in the beginning, but we started to do that more and more, and um, he constantly pointed out people that I would walk up to, I would ask that question, they would give their opinion, I would stand there frozen in fear awkwardly, and then they would give their opinion, and I'd be like, okay, thank you, bye. (laughs) And uh, slowly but surely, at the end of the day, I'd maybe walked up to 20 groups of women or, you know, two women sitting, whatever. At the end of the day, I felt pretty comfortable. Not very comfortable, but I felt reasonably comfortable with it. And now I was able to also uh, just talk a little bit about what I saw around me. And um, actually had some nice, you know, one or two nice interactions but then the next day, because this was a two-day event that I paid for, the next day we're going to step it up a notch and actually ask women for their number, like really flirt with them. And um, that night I slept in Amsterdam in a uh, hostel and I couldn't sleep the whole night. I was that scared. And then the next day, this was a couple of days before I was going to take off to Thailand to you know get out of my comfort zone and you know experience a different culture and talk to women in the in a different in in a different country i um uh, i chicken out i'm like i can't do this just tell me what I, what i should do when i'm abroad and he told me and um, you know we had a couple of conversations about that and you know gave me this whole structured way of talking to women <laughs> and then uh and then that was that. So I felt a bit more confident after having done that. But most of that confidence actually left me uh, a couple of days later. It didn't really stick. Now, I did other things to face my fears. Um, actually, I did a lot of things. But a couple that stand out is um, I, I um, heard on one of these programs by a, psych- a psych- 
psychologist or a psychotherapist, he said that if you <clears throat> purposely get yourself rejected, you can uh, kind of become rejection proof, or at least that's how I interpreted it. And he says, you can just walk up to a girl or a group of girls and you say, hey, you like me, give me your number. And uh, you're, you're almost guaranteed to get rejected. So when you do that, you start to build up a resilience t- to that rejection. I'm like, okay, uh, I'll, do, I'll do anything to overcome this fear. So why not? Same thing, set this up, different friend, went to Amsterdam. And uh, he also said, if you make it a social experiment, uh, some of your anxiety will lessen. So I, uh, so I had my friend with me who uh, made a little notebook. I'm like, okay, girl one or group number one, what's her reaction? And uh, he's like, uh, I was like, okay, that girl, because I told him you can point them out. He's like that girl, and this, you know, this cute Asian girl's passing by, and I'm, I'm like frozen in fear, and I walk over, and I'm like, hey, and she's half walking. I'm like, you like me? Give me your number, and and she's like uh, repelled by me and walks off. And uh, very uncomfortable, but I keep going and, um, you know, a couple of girls uh, walk up to a group of girls, do my little line and they thought they were an MTV, Uh, (laughs) uh, went into a store and uh, there's a guy and a girl and uh, I'm saying to the girl, hey, you like me, give me your number. And the girl's like, I don't like you. And the guy is laughing. He's like, dude, that's not how you do it. And I'm blushing like crazy and frozen. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, okay, um, bye. And I walk out all awkward. And uh, another one that's kind of funny is uh, there was this fancy, fancy store and there was a cute girl behind the counter who was dealing with two dudes uh, who were uh, buying some jeans. And, uh, and also this really cute girl who was filling up the shelves with jeans. And my buddy's like, okay, that girl, go. I'm like, no, no, I can't do that and blah, blah, blah. And I felt massive, massive anxiety. And I had a backpack with me and I uh, walked back and forth outside of the store trying to determine whether I was going to do it or not. And then uh, eventually like, okay... I'm going to do it. Let's go. And I dropped down my bag. And when I actually made the decision to go for it, a lot of the anxiety uh, went away. It lessened a lot. So I felt 10 out of 10 anxiety. And I was like, I'm going to go for it no matter what. And I think my anxiety dropped to only a three or four, which was a lot more manageable. And I walk in and I walk past the cash register and I walk over to the girl who's filling up the shelves. And I'm like, hi. She's like, hi. I'm like, you like me? Give me your number. (laughs) And she's like, I don't like you. Who the hell do you think you are? Get away from me. Now, of course, I get bright red again. And the girl behind the counter and the dudes heard it as well. So they're all laughing at me. And as I walk out with my tail between my legs, the girl behind the counter is like, wah, 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 wah. Anyway, I kept doing that. And at the end of the day, um, I felt pretty confident. Um, even w- uh, the last store was, I think it was a, a fancy lingerie store, maybe Victoria's Secret or something. And I walked in and I say to the girl, I'm 21 at the time or 20. And the girl, um, was maybe 28 and I'm like, Hey, uh, you like me? Give me your number. She's like, well, um, I'm not going to give you my number, but you sure have balls <laughs> coming over here and saying that to me. So good luck in your little mission. And uh, I walked out, I'm like, yeah, I'm the man, look at me, you know, I'm rejection proof, I can say what I want to women, I'm, I'm, I'm fantastic, look at me, I'm such a star. Anyway, I went home to smoke weed that evening to celebrate, because I was smoking weed every day, about a gram, um, which is a lot, 
if if you're not familiar with it. And uh, you know, a couple of days later, I went back into my old habits, and the end of the week, all my confidence was gone, and I was just as anxious and nervous and awkward around people as I as I was before. So it wasn't working. Another another thing I did is. <laughs> They, uh, I heard uh, one of these experts say, well, you just need to do the thing that you're afraid of most. It's called flooding. Well, I was most afraid of embarrassing myself. So I bought bright red lipstick, smeared it all over my face and circles around my eyes looking like a freak. And then went into the city to start conversations with people. Well, <laughs> the epitome of awkward would be an understatement. It was very, very awkward. And people were like, what's wrong with your face? What's what's going on? And I would just pretend, oh, no, nothing. <laughs> what's going on? Why? And, uh, you know, people were repelled by me and you know, they, they were looking at me weird. And, you know, they were they were pointing at me. And I was going into stores to really, you know, have as many people as possible see me to really rake up that embarrassment and anxiety and after about half an hour, it, it, it lessened quite a bit. And after about an hour, I was mostly okay with it. Of course, I didn't like the experience, but I was mostly okay with it. And then, um, yeah, same thing. But a week later, uh, most of that confidence had left me. Now, I do think that these uh, experiences that I went through gave me some, some, uh, you know, some kind of confidence or, um, you know, exposure or whatever I, I do think it did something positive for me uh at the very least uh, there are good stories to tell but um it didn't really provide a actual solution to my anxiety problem and that has uh you know that has clear reasons now Eventually, I then um, I kept searching for solutions, and I was doing affirmations, visualizations, going through Tony Robbins's you know personal power programs, reading books, um, working with an NLP practitioner, listening to hypnosis tapes, changing my thoughts, reframing my thinking, all the self help that you can possibly get your hands on. I was doing a couple of hours every single day, um, you know anchoring myself, whatever I could get my hands on. And I was very, very determined to get rid of this. And I, I did everything. And I was hardly making any progress. Now, eventually, and this is maybe, um, I, I moved to South Africa, um, which was great because now in South Africa, nobody knew me. And so I could kind of start afresh Nobody knew what a loser I was, basically. That's how I saw it. And uh, there I did an NLP course, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And um, that course didn't really help me much, but it, it, it kind of solidified my understanding that what I, was dealing was, what, what I was dealing with was an internal problem. And that same year, I eventually found a technique online. Uh, I saw a video of a, of a guy... Um, showing showing uh, everyone on video how to do tapping EFT emotional freedom techniques it's a it's a psychological form of acupuncture but instead of using needles you tap at the tips of your fingers and specific acupressure points in the body and while you do that uh, when you're focused in on a problem the emotions connected to that problem dissolve so you think about something you're afraid of um, say Talking to, a, to, talking to a stranger and as you imagine that you feel that fear and as you keep imagining it and you do the tapping the, uh, the fear gets disconnected from what you're thinking about 
well, that sounded way too good to be true. And I'm like, this is the internet. This cannot be for real. Uh, who are you kidding? But it had a lot of views and a lot of likes. So I'm like, okay, this, this, this might be something. I'll just research it. <coughs> Excuse me. And eventually uh, I found tons and tons of testimonials, practitioners of this technique, workshops that you could do, um, whole forums dedicated to it. And I started to go on these forums like, hey guys, is this for real? Does this really work? And people are raving about it. I'm like, I got to know what this is. So I ordered the DVDs um, um, from the originator of EFT, Gary Craig, and I watched all the DVDs and there you see people with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, war veterans who've been, um, who've been having normal counseling for 20 years and, have, have, and still deal with PTSD, resolve their PTSD within five or six sessions of EFT with the EFT masters. And I saw on tape that these people were actually getting relief they were actually resolving their traumas you could see in their faces you could hear it in their responses that that was shifting this was changing there's no doubt about it that this was you know something amazing that was happening so i started to try it out on myself and uh yeah i got really poor results i couldn't feel my emotions and uh you know, I tried for a few months, went online, listened to, um, listened to the advice, read all the, the, the troubleshooting, um, you know, anything I could get my hands on, and it still didn't work for me. I'm like, okay, i got to work with a, with a, with a specialist. Uh, by now, I had moved back to the Netherlands, and I contacted a specialist in the Netherlands. I'm like, hey, I've got this blushing problem, can't feel my emotions, can you help? He's like, well, I'm not sure, but maybe uh, just come to a workshop, and uh, if, I, if it can be of help, then uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll get a positive experience then. And when I was at that workshop, the technique was introduced to people, and then um, you work in triads. So you have one practitioner of the technique, one client, and one observer. As the observer, I saw the practitioner work with the client, release some sadness, and she started out with 10 out of 10, uh, which is a rating of sadness or whatever it was. And, and, and she released all of her sadness in you know, a couple of minutes. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And then as the practitioner instructing my client while being observed, she released some fear that was you know, six out of 10 and it went down to two out of 10. I forget, I forget the actual numbers, of course. But uh, I, I saw them shift and they, they got great results. And then when it was time for me to be the client, they couldn't get any results. So they called in the workshop leader and they couldn't get any results because I couldn't tune into something that I was actually uncomfortable about. So workshop leader started then ask me a bunch of questions and eventually he had me talk about either how I hadn't, how I hadn't had sex in a long time or I don't think, no, I was not a virgin anymore, how, how I uh, hadn't had sex in a long time, that it didn't have a girlfriend. Now, this was my biggest secret. Like, I wanted everyone to think that Sebastian's got his act together, you know, he's popular with the ladies, he's a confident guy, and blah, blah, blah. Well, definitely not. <laughs> and, uh, and now I was kind of found out. This was my big secret. So now I felt totally embarrassed and humiliated and ashamed in front of all these people, because I, I was sharing it with these other people. He's like, now start doing the tapping. And as I was starting to do the tapping, all that shame and embarrassment and humiliation that I felt was, was rapidly dissolving. It was like a plug was, was pulled 
and it all flushed out of my system with, within maybe you know two to five minutes of tapping, you know, more uh, two than five, <laughs> I had come to a place of peace. All of the shame, embarrassment, and humiliation was gone, and I felt centered and at peace and calm, like an acceptance had, had uh, gotten into my body, and I was like, whoa, what is this? This is amazing. I feel so relaxed. I felt relaxed at a point where I was sleepy, and he's like, okay, well, uh, try to get it back because you're talking about uh, all of that. So I'm talking and I'm sharing like, oh, I haven't had sex in a long time. You know, I don't have a girlfriend, blah, blah. And I could just talk about it normally. And all the, sh- all the feelings were gone. Well, that shift was life transforming because all that inner work that I had done in those years, those, those face your fears that all of the ridiculous stuff that I did, all of the inner work, the face your fears, the affirmations, the visualizations, everything compared to this shift was nothing, you know? And this, this shift felt so profound for me that I was like, okay, this is, this is the shit. And I got to learn all about this. And I, 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 I'm, I'm going to use this to overcome my social anxiety. Now, after that workshop, I was still super anxious. I still had a big blushing problem because I only, like, like that moment only chipped away at my problem. I had a, a big, massive problem. And, you know, if my problem was a massive cake, this was like, uh, this had taken a bite out of the cake, if you will. So um, I then continued to work um, with uh, a variety of practitioners. Now, I, of course, also didn't have a fortune. I didn't have a lot of money to invest. So all of my money uh, that I would make would constantly be invested in working with practitioners of this technique, uh, learning more about it, and so on. And um, I kind of want to share about how that went uh, and, 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 and... and rather what the what what the different stages were that i that I've gone through <coughs> so at first um I worked with a wide variety of practitioners because they didn't really understand social anxiety you know we would work on clearing traumas and you know we I would feel better but my social anxiety would 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 still be really high up there because most people uh, didn't understand social anxiety itself they couldn't really relate to uh, what I was experiencing plus I had a very complex social anxiety disorder Um, anyway as I started to work with people and I started to do sessions and look at you know, what happened in my past and the painful experiences that I had with people, um, bit by bit by bit, I started to become more comfortable with myself. Now, I had a generalized, my, my anxiety was generalized in that it was um, around just about anyone and within... Um, you know, maybe six months or something. I'm just, I, I don't know the ec- exact months, right? But uh, may, maybe in about six, month, six months, my generalized anxiety wasn't generalized anymore. So I didn't feel anxious in all situations all the time anymore. Now, I, I was just anxious in certain situations. So around attractive women or um, around conversations uh, involving sex or dating or in group situations where I was the center of attention. And uh, so that, that was big progress. Then I continued to work and... Um, 
now I was starting to address these specific situations and look for the underlying causes. And I started to do my own tapping and I started to work on the, the shame that would come up and the embarrassment that would come up. And I really started to dedicate myself to, to doing as much tapping as I could. Um, and I, you know, I worked with amazing experts, got better and better, found different, found different, um, energy techniques, energy healing techniques. A couple that stand out that were really uh, profound that I still use in my coaching is uh, Emotion Code. Very weird, very, very bizarre. You can't believe that it actually works, but it does. Psyche, Psychological Kinesiology. Uh, again, a really fantastic technique. And I uh, started to combine all of that stuff um, while still living my life. And things got better and better and better and better. And eventually I got to a place where I was pretty much anxiety free. But uh, while I didn't suffer from anxiety anymore, I still had problems connecting with people. So I felt um, like when I would hang out with people, I could, you know, I would only stay for a short period of time. For the rest of the time, I was mostly in my head thinking about what I was going to do afterwards and what I wasn't, you know, I was just not really there. I was just bored by people. They would annoy me. I was judging them. Nobody was good enough for me to hang out with, which was actually a projection of my own insecurities. <laughs> but that was what was what was going on. I, I didn't really enjoy social situations and that's also because I was no longer drinking (laughs) Um, let me rephrase that it wasn't that I uh, didn't enjoy it because I was drinking but I had stopped drinking and prior when I prior to that when I was drunk I was enjoying social situations because I was drinking and now that I actually was sober my sober self when hanging out with people I just didn't enjoy it I didn't feel totally comfortable I was still disconnected from myself now, throughout all of this, as I'm, as I'm sharing this, I, I also worked with my own high-level coach, which I worked with, whom I worked with for, and who I still uh, work with from time to time, um, worked with her for four, four and a half years every single week. So she knows me very, very well, and she's been, you know, such an amazing help, like beyond description, life-changing, my best decision ever in my life to start working with her. Was, uh, was absolutely fantastic. Anyway, um, so I'm now at the point where I'm anxiety free, but I still have uh, these problems with connecting. Well, now um, that simply became the focus to uh, move towards being able to connect. And uh, some things that stand out that have really helped me with that is uh, provocative energy techniques, and that uh, that that helped me lighten up and. Um, you know, and enjoy life more, connect with myself more. And, um, you know, as I'm sharing about this, it is not like, okay, uh, step A, get rid of my generalized anxiety. Okay, achieved. Step B, get rid of, uh, you know, these specific moments. Like I've, I've kind of chunked, I've, I've kind of made chunks out of it, but all of it has more been of a, a general progression. It's not been a sprint from A to B, but like a marathon that continuously, you know, I continuously f- 
felt better about myself, better about other people, more relaxed about myself, less anxious, more in the moment, um, more enjoying other people, feeling more connected to my heart, actually caring about people, being compassionate. All of these things have just been growing and growing and growing and growing. All the positives have been stacking and getting better and better and better. And all the negatives have been decreasing and decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. Now, you might think, wow, man, this is going to take forever before I ever get to a place where I'm relaxed with myself. Well, that may or may not be true. Frankly, I I, I don't know. It really is uh, person dependent. Uh, Some people resolve the bulk or all of their social anxiety within three coaching sessions. Other people, it's uh, a longer period of time. where where you uh, constantly chip away at the problem and build your build your self esteem and your confidence and so on. However, each uh, each each therapy session that you do, EFT session that you do, inner work that you do with yourself, you get a little bit better. And what's the alternative? Doing nothing keeps you at the exact same crappy level that you're at. And doing the tapping. Um, or doing other kind of energy work, or working with a practitioner, or a psychologist, or someone that that gets you, really each time improves your life more and more. And you know how I feel today um, is something I wouldn't even have been able to imagine how I felt back then because I didn't have the perspective. Because each time that you make a change, each time that you progress, you are now at a different level from which you then look at your goal. So um, basically what I'm trying to say, there's so such incredible value at doing inner work or working with an expert who can you know, be the outside person looking in, helping you, guiding you, supporting you. Um, that it, it you know it's it's beyond words how much better you feel after every single session and the good thing is that it continues to get better and better and you don't need a million sessions uh like me you know, I'm just this weird you know uh therapy junkie because I was so messed up and and I'm really passionate about this and I uh, you know I want to share this with people share this with you so anyway um <laughs> got off topic there a little bit so from that place, um, it's kind of where I where I ended up at. Uh, okay, now I'm effortlessly socially confident, which means I'm just relaxed. You know, I'm relaxed in social situations. I don't feel the need to prove myself. I don't need. I want someone's approval. Sure, it would be nice, but I don't need it. Um, I'm not triggered when someone is mean to me. Um, I can playfully be in the moment. And it's just a normal thing. Like it was uh, when I was anxious, like, wow, if I one day can be finally be able to speak my mind, say what is that, whatever is on my mind, make jokes, uh, you know, feel comfortable around anyone, that would be so unbelievably incredible. It, it's almost a miracle. That's how I felt about it at the time because I was looking at it through the goggles of anxiety, through all these crappy limiting beliefs that I had now when I'm when I'm at this place and I have been there a couple of years it's just normal it's no big deal plenty of people feel comfortable and relaxed in social situations and it really is no big deal once you once you get rid well once you get rid of um, all of these uh, beliefs I'm just connecting with people I like people I like myself I have a good time and I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm at this place 
But I just want you to know that hey, it's a normal state of being. It's not this magical place that you get to. It's actually a normal way of being. So um, how are things now? Well, um, I've got a couple of close friends that I really enjoy spending time with. Um, when it comes to uh, dating, so I've had a couple of relationships. I had three relationships in my life, and the last one ended um, you know, maybe two years ago. And um, since then, I was... Okay, so this goes into a a different area, which is also kind of related to social anxiety. I had a lot of problems um, around sex as as that um, as, as that came up. So because of this whole idea about oh, I gotta you know pick up girls that I that I that I picked up when I was like maybe 19 or 20, I was like, oh, I got to sleep with girls and I made it my big goal, like I mentioned earlier, to be able to talk to any girl, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> and uh, one of the, the the milestones would be that I could go somewhere, talk to a girl, get her number, get her home and have sex with her. Um, <laughs> I wasn't very much thinking about how it would be for the other woman and all of that stuff. Anyway... Um, when that actually worked out for me, when I was able to do that, which was maybe like when I was 25 or 26, I finally um, got this girl in my bed naked and I was like, wow, if I now have sex, now this pinnacle moment, I have achieved my goal that I've worked for for years and then uh, I couldn't get it up, not to save my life, you know, and um that was a problem. You know, that was a very uncomfortable situation. And that since um, happened, you know, two or three more times. And that was very, very uncomfortable. That's not something you want to happen, uh, especially not when you're, uh, when you're with someone new, right? So it's not, not very nice. Anyway, so after, um, after my last relationship ended... I was, I was kind of like, okay, this was amazing because it had been amazing uh, for for parts of it, but um, rather than just sleep with a girl, I actually need a connection. I, you know, it doesn't sound cool to my 18 year old self and the way I'm talking now, but I actually, you know, I want a, a girl to connect with, have fun with, play with, just plain sex. Uh, that just doesn't do it for me anymore. So I'm like, I need someone to connect with. But then there's the risk of, well, if I actually connect, what if I get into a relationship again and then I'm stuck and blah, blah, blah. So I still had, while I didn't have any social anxiety anymore and when I, while I was basically comfortable walking up to a girl, um, part of my brain was still worried about the aftermath. Oh, what if I get into a relationship and so on and so forth. Anyway, so that's what I focused on um, in the past year or so. And um, now a couple of weeks ago, maybe maybe two months ago, I'm like, well, uh, while I actually do want to be with my soulmate and have a really amazing, committed, fantastic relationship, what if she only shows up when I'm 40, right? I'm 30, 31 at the time. I don't want to be celibate until that time. If I, um, you know, I can just, attract and find a woman that wants what I want at the, uh, at this moment in time. And I kind of 
um, did some inner work, got my head around it. I'm like, okay. And then uh, about a month or a month ago or so, I went to this uh, restaurant that I frequented, uh, that I frequent, and there was a really cute girl sitting outside with her friend. I'm like, oh, I'm I'd like to meet her. You know, she she looks great, and uh, she she looks nice as well. So <clears throat> eventually, I walked over, was comfortable doing so. Um, Asked them if they spoke English because uh, they they looked Korean. They did, and then um, said, "Hey, you know, I think I think you're really cute. Would you uh, like to go for a cup of coffee?" And she said yes. And since then, we've been dating. And as we've been dating, um, certain things have been coming up for me that I hadn't addressed yet. So, for example, um, when we kissed for the first time. It was nice for about three seconds, but after three seconds, I was like, "Oh no! Oh my God! Am I in a relationship now? Oh no! Oh, what if what if I don't like her for the long term? I gotta break up and blah 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 blah." So I got triggered, right? So that stuff came up, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna bring her home right now, and I'm gonna do my inner work and resolve this stuff that gets triggered for me, so that I'm a clear channel, so that I can be in the moment next time." And so I did. And, you know, well, we're dating now. We're having an amazing time. It's really fun. And all of these problems that I hadn't dealt with yet that have come up now all have been dealt with. And um, yeah, you know, dating-wise, I'm really enjoying myself. She's enjoying it. We're having a good time. Social-wise, uh, I've got some great friends that I hang out with. Um, life is good. Now, do I still get negative sometimes? Of course, you know, I'm human, and uh, stuff will still come up. Now, I, I don't have anxiety come up. Uh, well, you know, that's not entirely true. <laughs> but I don't have anxiety come up on a, on a daily or weekly or sometimes, you know. Anxiety maybe comes up once a month when there's a situation that I haven't been in yet, that I, that I haven't addressed yet. Well, when it comes up, great. It comes up because, you know, now I can heal it. This is a moment of growth, of opportunity that I get to go through. And, and then I go through it. So there's a perspective that I've worked on, which is uh, a, a realistic perspective. That is that all the stuff that gets triggered is an opportunity for you to actually heal. And when you use EFT, when you use energy psychology, when you use these techniques that are available now, each and every time you heal something, you become more congruent. You become more you. And you're, you expand your comfort zone. Everything uh, kind of becomes possible for you. And if there's something that, you, that I can't get through or something that you can't get through, there are people out there, therapists, EFT experts, that can help you get through that point. So how uh, did I overcome my social anxiety? How did I overcome it? Well, how I just described it to you. <laughs> A lot of persistence, working with experts, and uh, you know, finding out what works. Um, final encouraging words. All right, um, I wrote down a, a a bit of notes about what I wanted to talk about. So there you go. Um, yeah, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Um, you're not going to overcome your social anxiety, you know, in in one go. It's 
it's it's you know you might make and sometimes you, know, you have a coaching session or you do some inner work with yourself and you make a tremendous progress and you shave off half of your anxiety or three quarters of your anxiety that's totally possible but you know if 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 you're anything like me you want to be totally free of it it's going to be a marathon so you keep chipping at it but the the beauty about this is is that it is actually not about the anxiety the anxiety is the presenting problem, but the real problem is that you're you're dealing with low self-esteem. You're you're having traumas from your past being triggered. You have per- perfectionism issues coming up, or at least many of the people that I work with, and um, you have old hurt coming up, and you're, you're not able to be emotionally stable because a lot of past stuff continuously gets triggered, and that's what you're healing. So as you're actually working on this anxiety problem, all of the other stuff that uh that's that's damaging your life quality that prevents you from feeling free is being worked on at the same time so your whole life improves your self-esteem improves uh your self-acceptance improves how you feel how you feel about other people's uh, how you feel about other people um how you interact with others how connected to people you feel all of that is improving. So while it's really challenging to deal with the problem that you're dealing with right now, there is such a gift in it when you actually decide to take action and start healing, start transforming, start getting rid of the stuff that's in the way of you being you, of you being your true self. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about EFT, energy psychology, and all these amazing techniques because they've really transformed my life and they've transformed uh, my clients' life and you know the, the people that it's used by millions of people worldwide. And energy psychology, uh, there it, it's scientifically proven to be effective. There have been 18, uh, 80, 80 peer-reviewed studies done on it, uh, 20 of which are published in... Um, peer-reviewed journals like American Psychological Association. And 98% of these 80 studies show that energy psychology is highly effective. And uh, you know, it's, it's just really amazing. And I really suggest that you try it out. Now in... Um, uh, <laughs> all right, what else do I want to say? Energy psychology, um, what, what it... And I'm not saying don't use Western traditional psychology... Not at all. It's great. I use it too. You know, uh, the beautiful thing is you can combine it. It combines very well with cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy and all the other stuff that is out there because it's so simple to use. And, you know, we need to merge these two worlds, Western traditional psychology and Eastern energy psychology because then you get the best of both worlds and then your results are put in steroids and you get to where you want to be much much faster if you only use you know face your fears change your thoughts you know our our culture is littered with it oh uh, nike just do it um face your fears the only way to overcome your fears is by uh, by going through it and and all of these motivational quotes from the past they're great if that is your only option but you know, with energy psychology, you do face your fears, but you face them internally before you face them externally. And by doing that internally first, you get rid of the fears, the worries, the concerns, the negative expectations, and all of that stuff. And you heal yourself before you face your fears and while you face your fears. You do need to get out of the house. You can't sit in your house, do energy psychology, heal 
yourself forever. You need to keep living your life. But energy psychology will make uh, facing your fears so much easier, so much, um, you know, makes, makes life a lot easier. It's more gentle to face your fears in that way and you get far more effective results. Um, when you are ever stuck, get help. Don't wait forever trying to do this on your own. If you're not getting any results or if you plateau at some point, um, get some help. You know, expert help is fantastic. I wouldn't be where I, where I am today uh, if I wasn't helped by my coach or if I hadn't worked with certain practitioners, if I hadn't tried things out. You know, there are people that can look from the outside and can see things within you that you cannot see yourself. Certain things you have subconscious blind spots to. You cannot see certain problems that you have. And, an act, and, and uh, frankly, certain things you don't feel safe addressing yourself but when you have a, a, an expert, an EFT expert guiding you, it, your subconscious is like, okay, you're in a safe place now. Now here comes this thing that you need to deal with. Don't be scared of getting the help of an expert. Uh, an, an expert will help you feel comfortable and it doesn't have to be so painful at all. That's the beauty about this. You get rid of the pain first. You don't have to relive the trauma. You don't have to go into all this pain. There's a very gentle way of releasing the painful past and getting yourself to live in the now and you know own who you truly are so that you can be free and you know freely express yourself, connect with people, have great relationships and create a satisfying social life and the life that you really want. So that's all possible. And um, I hope this was helpful for you. Um, for the person that asked me about sharing this on a podcast, thank you. I uh, appreciate your question. Um, next week, we're interviewing an expert again. And um, I am the creator of the Social Confidence System, which is an EFT-based, energy psychology-based program where I guide you uh, within 12 steps to go from social anxiety to social confidence. I'll be presenting a webinar um, about my social confidence system, which is for free, which you can just check out and see if it is for you. And if it speaks to you, if it's right for you, then um, you can get that there. That will be... Uh, you can you can then find that on my website, which is socialanxietysolutions.com. Now, I have a new website, and in a few weeks that will be done, and that's where you'll be able to find it. However, as a listener to this podcast show each week, when the webinar is ready earlier than that, which is likely the case, it will be announced here or on my newsletter, my newsletter that you can already subscribe to on my website, socialanxietysolutions.com. So I hope this was helpful for you and uh, I look forward to connecting with you next week again. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.